I'm a fellow of the Mitch Daniels Leadership Foundation. Mitch Daniels, the former governor of Indiana and president of Purdue University. And and part of, of becoming a fellow was about uh, figuring out where you think you can make an impact in, in, in where you live. How, and, and how do you engage uh, that, that impact? My, uh, call it my project, right? My ending project. The thing that I'm like, this is where... I think we can work on is the idea of civics. The idea that we focus on the importance of languages. You need two years of a foreign language to graduate high school, but what do we require from civics education? And how do we expect a society to know what its rights are and what its abilities are if they don't know what their rights are and their abilities are? Without a, a, a civics education, without an understanding of, of those ground rules and those basics, how can you properly advocate for yourself? I, I think I'm on to something there. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Parlor, Instagram, Twitter, Tony Katz is where you find me. Amber Northern joins me right now, Senior Vice President for Research at the Thomas B. Fordham Institute. They putting out a report, the state of state standards for civics and U.S. history in 2021. And some of the things about this report kind of freaking me out uh amber good to have you with us let's start with the baseline let us start with the basics when you do a report looking into understanding uh, and or talking about civics in u.s history what is the baseline how do you at uh at, at fordham at the thomas b fordham institute define such a thing Yes, thanks for the question. Love love that we're going to have this discussion. So we are looking at things like most Americans, fingers crossed, we think agree that kids in K-12 education need to know. I mean, this is not esoteric information. It's the colonial period, the Revolutionary War, the Civil War, both World Wars, the Cold War, the post-Cold War, uh, seminal documents. Again, the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, the Gettysburg Address. So, you know, we think that there's critical periods of our nation's history and seminal documents upon which the country was founded and evolved that kids should be exposed to. And on the civic side, again, it's, it's, it's very basic concepts like what are the three branches of government and what do those three branches do? How do they overlap? What is, what is the separation of powers? What is the rule of law? Um, how does, you know, state and local government basically work? What are civil liberties? What's due process? What's equal protection mean? How do our elections work? Uh, what's the role of government? What are the responsibilities of citizens? So, so they're all the things are the that we would of things we're talking about normally and naturally apply to civics. We didn't go out of left field and create a new bit of of uh, definition. We went with the definition that that we all basically understand and, and accept. So when you go about a study like this, this idea of saying how are the states doing. In, in the idea of, of civics, you found five jurisdictions that got an exemplary rating based on A grades. Mm -hmm. You got 20 states that you ranked as inadequate getting D or F grades. So as you're That's grading right. them, what was that criteria? So, again, we wanted to see that they had some of those, you know, most of those big buckets of information and content that I just sketched out for you. 
Um, but other than the, the meat, we also wanted to know whether they were covering certain dispositions, dispositions in civics. So in other words, and this is key for the, the debate we're having now nationally and all the infighting and polarization that we see, but do kids learn to respect other people's opinions regardless of their background, and do they learn to engage civilly with opinions that differ from their own so that was a key one. Do they show a commitment to American institutions and ideals? How do you teach that? You know, that we're, our country was founded on freedom, justice, and equality, and that we're still, you know, evolving and, and, and realizing those goals and those ideals. And also, um, are we teaching kids to learn, participate, and serve, you know, in their country? I mean, advocating the welfare of others. What do you do in your community to, to enhance its it's, um, you know, it's success in terms of voting and participation and that sort of thing. So that's what that's what we're looking at. And again, like you just teed it up for me, only five um, states and jurisdictions across the country. By the way, both red and blue, um, we saw those A's. So, you know, what we say is, you know what, no matter your politics, if people from both sides of the aisle want to come together, and write accurate and fair history standards and U.S. history standards, it can be done. It's not done all the time. Again, we had 20 failing grades, um, but it can be done. So, um, so we, we want to encourage states, you know, if you're one of these Fs, hey, get it right. Talking to Amber Northern, Senior Vice President for Research at the Thomas B. Fordham Institute. Let's go through these grades, because when we talk about the A grades on civics education, mm-hmm. This is a mind scramble. Your A grades, these were actually all A minuses, but uh, we'll we'll, we'll Mm -hmm. give it to them. Alabama, California, the District of Columbia, Massachusetts, and Tennessee. You Mm -hmm. went went right or you went left, and you got your choices. People look at California today, and they say, that is not an example of civics, or as you discussed, Mm -hmm. the idea of being able to have conversations. That's a civility conversation, a la people like Edward Schills, things like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Were any of those kinds of results surprising to you? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, hey, I think they were surprising to anyone on the right or left, no matter where you stood, because we all have these notions of what we think is going on. We look at the news. Um, we hear all these debates, and that's why it was so important for us to do this, because these are actually, this is what's on the books, you know, that state policymakers and state departments of, of education are saying, this is what we want kids to, to know and, and be able to do. Now, it's not to say that these things might look different in another five or seven or even 10 years, because as we found out since we released this report, so many states, because of these crazy debates and, and arguments we're having, are re visiting their civics and U.S. history standards. So we're like, oh, my goodness, let's not mess up, you know, the A and B states. You know, just make sure that you keep what's working. You're sure you can improve areas, but don't get into these ideological wars uh, and make this thing, uh, make these things biased. That, that is definitely the concern. And that, that is the concern for, for so many parents as they take a look at bias and take a look at things like how critical race theory is being discussed in schools. That's not the conversation we're going to get into, but it certainly does go to the idea of what exactly is being taught and how it is being taught. So you look at a California school and you're telling the rest of America they are properly teaching the founding of America in California, Mm -hmm. as they are in Alabama. And people, I think, look at that, like myself, and go, nah, I don't believe you. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, they ought to read our report because, um, hey, we've got five to six pages of detailed uh, information about what exactly is in Alabama's and California's standards. And I tell you what they do. This is where so many states fail is because they're scared of offending someone. They just give you mush. You know, you end up with these state these standards like, you know, discuss how um, disputes inform how government evolves or something like that. And it's like, what in the world are we talking about? You know, I mean, we need to actually name people, places and events uh, and particular skills that we want kids to know and be able to do. And so a lot of states that just say, you know what, we're going to bury our head in the sand because we know if we name a person, place or event, somebody's going to have a problem with it. But that's no way to to run a state education system. So if to its credit, California is probably one of the most detailed sets of state standards across the country. Um, and again, uh, they they hit it. They, they went through the middle. They they managed to get it right. I mean, is it perfect? No, they got an A minus and we definitely spell out the uh, the shortcomings of the standards. But again, uh, right and left states uh, managed to get A's and, and it can be done. Hey, my my Indiana was a B plus in civics and a B in history, according uh, to your list. But you head down to the bottom, uh, our, our neighbor there uh, to the west, Illinois, an F for civics and an F for U.S. history. Same with Delaware. Same with Maine. Exactly as you see it. What are they doing wrong in in, in their uh, approach? Yeah. So again, giving us mush, not actually naming anything or anyone to avoid anybody getting getting offended. And the other problem we see is for some states, they seem to think like little kids can't begin to learn in the early grades. They're giving them things like, you know, the flag and what, 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 sim, what patriotic symbols are. And that's all well and good. But come on, kids are little sponges in first, second, and third grade, and they should be learning a lot more. They can begin to get exposed to the idea of the three branches of government in the earliest grades. And in some cases, states are just kicking the can down the road and not waiting I mean, waiting till kids get into late middle school or high school before they give them any meat on the bones relative to history and civics. So we're really disappointed in the, uh, in the states, many of which you named, that just give, you know, mush uh to to the to the our, our our young kids before i let you go amber northern senior vice president for research at the thomas b fordham institute is there a difference between how the uh the regulations if you will are spelled out mm-hmm. here are the standards here's how we do things and then how the actual classroom assignment and classroom teaching goes meaning just because mm-hmm. california spells it out well does mm-hmm. that mean they're mm-hmm. applying it in with that same level of detail and, right. and scrutiny and and and, yeah. and 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 earnestness in the classroom that's a great question i'm so glad you asked that because usually folks are not asking me that question it points out a wonderful distinction that your listeners need to be aware of which is that these are standards that's a roadmap. they're guideposts but again, we should all know, if we know our Constitution, that educating children is a, is, is a matter of state government. So once these standards, uh, once the state lays out these broad guidelines, then the local school districts and the localities are then free to adopt their own curriculum. And so that's where, you know, on the ground, you end up putting the meat on the bones around what these broad guidelines that the state has given you. So absolutely, even if they spell these things out, 
we don't have, you know, hundreds of evaluators or reviewers sitting in the back of classrooms in California actually seeing, you know, how teachers are approaching these, uh, these standards. So implementation matters. Implementation matters more than anything else. And so you can have a state with an F in standards and you can walk into a U.S. history classroom and a teacher is super talented and boy, you want to be in that teacher's classroom because she makes it exciting and you're writing a letter as if you're Lincoln on the eve of, of you know, giving the Gettysburg address and, or whatever cool thing they're having kids do. Um, so in, 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 in 30 it, seconds can, or less, this is the argument. They work in the hands of a talented teacher or, or vice versa, like you're saying. If the standards are an A or a B and they're really top-notch, but you walk into the classroom and the teacher just doesn't have any training and, and hasn't done her homework, uh, it can be a dismal failure. This is the argument for parents being involved in their kids' education. Absolutely, absolutely. Hey, go to your, go to your school board meetings, ask questions, look at your, hey, plug for my report, go to FordhamInstitute.org, click on your state and actually see what your state requires your kids to learn in history and civics. FordhamInstitute.org. That's where you can find the study. Amber Northern, Senior Vice President for Research at the Thomas B. Fordham Institute. I appreciate you taking the time. I've got more. I'm Tony Katz.